Today on the Psychic Jam, we are talking about reaching for your own stars. You are listening to the Psychic Jam, a podcast that inspires holisticpreneurs like you to gain confidence, to learn, and to listen to your inner voice. Tune in as featured experts of the Psychic Associates discuss heavy and taboo topics, breaking down all the barriers of the realities of working in this industry. I'm Amber Price, and I am joined by my colleagues, Jay Lane and Liz Throp. And today we are talking about the importance of reaching for your own stars. You know, we often can get roped into doing things other people want or expect, and it's very difficult to filter all those things out and know what it is that you want. But the importance of this is that you're here for your own experience. Everybody's human experience is different. And so reaching for your stars is going to be different than it might be for the next person. So Jay, can you tell us how you experience this? Well, you know, it's, it's funny when you talk about people wanting to kind of control what you do because they're afraid for you. And I experienced that from a very young age was my father. My mother was a practicing psychic, as I've talked about before, and I was gifted. But my father used to really suppress a lot of a lot of my gifts because he was afraid that people would mock me or bully me because I was young and I was very gifted. But the thing is, you know, it, it, it made me feel differently because it, it suppresses who you are. And the thing is, I never felt I was able to be myself. You know, my father used to say, listen, they're going to lock you up if you talk like that. They're going to think you're crazy. And, you know, when you hear that often enough, you just don't want to be who you are anymore. And so, you know, my father died when I was fairly young, I was 21. And I had married somebody and I had started coming out of my closet and being who I was because I felt, well, dad's not here anymore. I'm older now. I could probably control this. But, you know, I run into the same thing. I married a man who is very strict in his culture and did not believe in anything I had to say. And it was funny because, you know, when we were dating, it was all fun and games. But in front of his parents, it's like, stop you're an embarrassment. Don't talk like that. They're going to think you're crazy. And so I'm thinking to myself, my God, you know, it, it was so difficult because you're always told not to be who you are. And so I worked in different jobs I never felt comfortable in. And then when I would talk to people about that, some people would come up to me and don't tell me you're like that. People are going to think you're crazy. And it's, you know, it really could affect you. So for so many years, I just wasn't myself. I just wasn't myself. I was afraid to come out of my closet because I was afraid people would judge me. And the thing is, I met a really good friend of mine who, you know, over the years, she knew who I was. And one day called me up and said, Jay, you you have to come and see this woman. She really needs your help. I said, I can't find my cards. We just moved. I can't find my cards. She says, you don't need your damn cards. Just come out. I said, okay. So I come out and it was like all these people sitting there just waiting to see what I had to say. And I thought, wow, because I just wasn't used to that. I was always used to being so suppressed, you know, and this woman said to me, oh my God, you have no idea what you did to me and for me today, because you really helped me release so much guilt that I've been carrying for so long. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, someone saw good in what I did today. And I thought if I can only affect one or two people like this, 
I'm just going to feel like I've done what I was supposed to because I felt that was my purpose. And so it was unfortunate that I didn't stay in my marriage because I really didn't feel like I could be with this person because he didn't believe in who I was. And, you know, I couldn't see myself growing old with this person. He wasn't a bad person. He was a wonderful father and a great provider. But the thing is, I realized that I just, I just wasn't the person for him because he didn't believe in, in who I was and he loved who I was, but that part he didn't, he says, you know, if only you can get rid of that, but I told him I can't get rid of that. That's who I am. So I found my power by leaving and by being true to myself. I also found the power to leave my job, to step into who I was. And I didn't date for many, many years. And when I found the person that I'm now with, the very first thing I said to him was, look, I'm gifted. I can't help it. I don't know why I am the way I am, but this is the way I was made. And the thing is, if you're not into that, you need to tell me that that you don't want to pursue this relationship. Because the thing is, I just didn't want to spend and invest a whole lot of time with somebody that wasn't going to believe in this. He was the one that told me, Jay, quit your job. What are you doing? You have such a gift. Do you know how many people you can help? Do you know how much of an impact that you had on me and how you changed my life with the way I was grieving for my mother? He says, why wouldn't you do that for other people? I said, but people don't believe in that. He goes, who cares what, who believes in what? You have to believe in yourself. I said, well, I do. He goes, well, then what's stopping you? And that was my biggest stepping stone was him because he really empowered me to believe in myself and to really trust who I was. And then I started the business full time after that. And it was just a snowball effect after that. It just grew and grew and grew. And I knew at that point that I had reached for my stars and I had attained my stars because I had empowered myself to be who I was. I believed in myself and I was able to help so many people. And as a result, my life has taken a 360. I've never been happier. And I mean, Liz, I'm sure that you can relate to that because you've had such an interesting life and have done so many things. Actually, a lot more. I can relate to it a lot more than you realize, Jay, because I, like you, had a first husband who wasn't into this, didn't believe in it. But not, not to the, like, I wasn't really fully comfortable in my own skin regardless. So I just was very codependent with him until I wasn't, you know? And so that sort of codependence um, uh, attribute that I had in life kind of like it sort of uh, squashed my, my dreaming abilities because I thought I needed to rely on others for my joy and for my happiness, Right. Um, however, you know, moving through the years, I, I found like, I, I would only be able to stay, um, in a job for like three years or, you know, uh, that was kind of like the maximum for me. And I, I became very antsy. Like I needed to move on. I needed to find something new. I couldn't, I couldn't settle. And, uh, I never really knew what was going to happen next. I just, well, I would have the vision or the idea and I would jump on it. And, and that's kind of how I kind of, I sailed through probably 15, 20 years easily. And like you, Jay, I stayed single after my, after my divorce, I stayed single, single 
for about 11 years. Mm. And when I did start dating again, same, same kind of like, as I'm like, we're sort of twinning here. Um, and I met my husband. And the first thing I said to him was the very first night that I met him was just so you're, so we're clear. Um, I'm a psychic <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm not changing that for anybody. So if you don't like it, because you know what it was, it triggered me. He triggered me with his religion. He, he told me what his religion was. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've dealt with so many people who are religious, who um, just made me feel inadequate or made me feel evil or made me feel whatever because of their belief systems. Um, and so I just immediately defaulted to, so we're clear, I'm a psychic. And, uh, and he's like, no, I think that's a wonderful thing. And, and he, like <laughs> your husband said, what are you doing working this full-time job? Why are you doing this? You need to be doing this full-time. And he's the one that said, you know, even if you, even if you tanked, I can support both of us. So just try, just get out and do this. Like you need to be helping people the way you do. Cause he started to understand the work that I was doing in the evenings and weekends. So um, hats off to our husbands because mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't have made that leap as quickly as we did. Um, but I never gave up on finding my purpose. And that's something I want, you know, there is going to be failures. There's going to be things that, you know, um, that don't work out when we're reaching for our stars, but you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing yourself again and again and again. And part of those failures are like, well, not part of it. All of those failures, things that didn't work are marriages, um, the jobs that, that I had to get away from, um, they were all like huge lesson plans for me. Every single one of them took me to the next level of who I am today. And I wouldn't change any of it. And, uh, you know, I know that, um, a lot of, a lot of people lose sight of, um, who you are today is not going to be of who you are tomorrow. So if you can just trust that in the process of reaching for your own stars, you're going to have this evolution. It's going to happen, guaranteed. And you're, you're going to be much wiser every day that passes. And you're going to find your purpose. You're going to have that, um, that right person step into alignment with you, you know, like the three of us did. You're going to have all of these things line up at the perfect time to help you. But you've got to never give up on finding your purpose. Never, never, never. Amber, what are your thoughts on this? It's so beautiful how you guys explain how you got there and how you were able to reach for your own stars. And, and, you know, just like the two of you, you know, like I was married, uh, the first time and I'm currently married a second time. And my first husband, um, we were high school sweethearts. So we, you know, met each other. I think I was 12 when I met my first husband. So, um, we grew up together and that's what we, that's essentially what our purpose of our relationship was, was to grow up together and also to have four children together. Like he was the father of my children. And this is what, you know, we were learning together and doing. And he was also very supportive of the thing. Well, he was very supportive of the things that I wanted to do regardless. So however many times I went to college or university or whatever, like he was just there and we did it. And, you know, um, but you grow apart. And, and part of that was, is, is coming into my abilities, coming into my awareness. Well, I was with my first husband, there wasn't really a time that I took it seriously enough to say, 
that that was an issue. Like I, if I had a tool to him, he probably would have been like uncomfortable with it because of his, his background, but he still would have supported me. And I think that it's just the unknown. So for our family and for our friends, it's the unknown. Like, you know, you are somebody different to somebody. And then all of a sudden you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm myself, but I'm actually a different version of myself, which to me is my real self, but to you is a whole different person. (laughs) If you're following. Um, so, so in terms of my first marriage, it just was, we just grew apart. We are still friends today. We are still connected today. I love his wife. Um, and his stepdaughter. And I think we just make a whole big, beautiful family. All of us have gotten along and we've grown together and that's just what it is. Uh, when I met my second husband, similar to what you did, Liz, on my first date with, with Matt, uh, we were sitting at, I'm sure most people, no matter where you are in the world, would know Niagara on the Lake, Ontario. And there's like a little white gazebo right up Lake, the Lake Erie, or it's Lake Erie? No, it's Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario, yes. My brain. I'm always at Lake Erie. Erie. I had to go this way for the story. Um, So we're sitting there and we're looking at the water and it's about midnight and it was a snowstorm and everything is happening. And of course we were like, oh my God, now we got to drive all the way back and it's crazy stormy. So I just kind of looked at him and said, I'm capable of more than you know. Like I'm, I'm telling you that I see and know and feel and hear and and know more than you think more like I'm capable of a lot more. And he just kind of looked at me and his eyes widened and he was like, okay, great. I think that's amazing. Well, <laughs> it was before we were getting married fast forward where I said like, yeah, I'm, I'm psychic. And, 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 he, and I said, I told you this. And he said, you did not tell me that you were psychic. And I said, yeah, remember on our first date where I said, I'm capable of more than you understand. He's like, and I'm supposed to understand that as your psychic. <laughs> I was like, yes, if you were into it with me at all, you should have known this information. But anyways, it was just a little misunderstanding. But basically the whole time, <laughs> the whole time, it was totally fine. And my and my toast at the wedding was, you know, here you've fallen in love with me. I have four children. I am leaving my job. Oh, by the way, I'm psychic. And you know, the whole place was just like feeling for Matt, right? Like feeling for, oh yeah, she was a lot to kind of take on, (laughs) but he allowed me to reach for my stars. He allowed me a safe space to be able to do that. So we can laugh about it. We can joke about it because he knew who I was all along. Like saying the word didn't mean anything. It was like who you are as a person, how you interpret the world, how you perceive things, you know, that you're a spiritually connected person. And my husband is very spiritually connected. Um, so, so for, for my husband, my second husband to give me that opportunity to say, listen, I'm leaving the corporate world. I need to do this. This is what I want to do. Although scary for him wondering, okay, are we going to be okay? Is this something that you can do? Do you know what to do? Because for him, this is foreign starting a business or leaving a job or like, it was just, he's a very, um, like he's a, he's generating workflow and he has that stamina. So he is totally cool with doing, you know, and lifting and uplifting everybody else where I'm more of like, I need to do this and this is where I'm going. So it was just the fear of the unknown. I was also extremely fortunate because my parents had never, ever, ever kept me in a space where I had to be small or contained. 
I was the kid who was dancing and singing and I could speak to the adults when the adults came over for a visit and I could have my opinion heard. I remember being so young and, and sharing my perspective on something and my parents actually thinking, wow, like, yeah, that makes sense. Or like they didn't brush it off because I was a child. Like I was able to be fully expressed. And so I think I just, of course, took it for granted that I was unconditionally loved. I was unconditionally supported. I could express myself. I was not you know, somebody who had to be seen and not heard. I was somebody who was valued and, 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 and all my relationships, no matter what type of relationship they are, they're all very much like that. And I, and I fully believe that when you're in your essence, when you're in your true self, the people that, that are there to support you are there because they like your energy. They want to vibrate in your energy and they want to make sure that you're in full expression of that energy. And that makes it so much easier to reach for your stars because they, it, because it changes, right? You, it changes from, I want to work professionally as a psychic to, I want to build an education platform for psychics to, I want to be an educational, um, sorry, spiritual educator. I want to do a podcast. I want to travel the world and, and, you know, do live shows. Like it, the, the levels of where you're reaching for your stars change and evolve just as you do. And so having the support was amazing for me. Now I even have friends who my best friends and my children, like I'm doing shows and they may or may not understand this world at all. As a matter of fact, it might have creeped some of my friends out, but never once did they waver. They were front and center, like promoting the tickets, um, you know, signing people in, helping set up the chairs. Like they were a hundred percent showing up for me, no questions asked. And that support system today makes me so emotional because it's, you can feel the power in that. And when you have people around you that allow you to be in your power, there's nothing that can stop you. It's, it's, you're unstoppable because the power in you is going to come out one way or another. And when other people are calibrating to that and also, you know, motivating you and holding you up to the standards of your own ethics and morals and values, you can go far beyond what you can even imagine. Like if you had have said to me, Amber, would you think that you would be one of Canada's top psychic mediums? When I first started this, I would have been like, no, I'd be happy if I just had a couple clients a week. I didn't care about a title or a status or I wasn't reaching for to be that, to have, you know, I was just going for, hey, can I do this? <laughs> Can I show up? Can I do this? And I, and I did, but I think that when you're in your power, your stars get bigger and brighter and more vast. And you start to like select and pick which ones you want. You don't have to choose them all. You don't even have to choose half as many as are available to you. But I do take those things for granted sometimes. And, and although I'm highly grateful all the time and I tell everybody I love them and, and everything is, it never goes without saying, I think for me, trying to live in the perspective of having the opposite of that is almost, I can't do it. I can't get to that space. But I've watched other people be in this space. I've watched my clients be in this space. I've watched friends and to see the anxiety, depression, mental health issues, the constriction that they have experienced because they could not be who they were meant to be because their family or their parents or 
whoever was around them was keeping them small for the sake of Yes, Jay, you're right. It is ultimately fear, right? It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the success. It's the fear of being judged. It's whatever. You can list them all. But when we've got this parental fear that goes around, you know, their child. So a parent looks at their child and says, I hope I give you the world. I hope the world is there for you. The world is your oyster. But what they really sometimes mean is, <laughs> I hope you do things in the order and the way in which we think is the way we want you to do it, or how I've conceived the notion of. And a lot of times parents don't realize, oh, wow, you are going to have your world rocked here because your child's coming to teach you a thing or two and to expand and open up your heart center and elevate your consciousness. And you're going to be raising a psychic kid. You're going to be raising a healer. You're going to be raising an indigo. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, resistance to the maximum. And so this parental fear can project onto the children to say, don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass yourself. What if you get hurt? What if nobody comes? What if your abilities go away? You know, like, like maybe, maybe they're jealous too. Like, oh, wow. I wish I could be in my power. Like you, I wish I could do all the things you feel fearless to do. And they, and then the parent looks at them with this, you know, wish I would have, could have, should have thing. And now all of a sudden there's resistance there and wanting that person to live into these expectations and to, it, it holds them back. And so there's all these things that separate yourself from getting to where you want to be, to owning your, to reaching for the stars and owning your personal power. And so for me, I'm just grateful that my experience was different. Even my children are super supportive that, you know, they always fight over who's the biggest supporter, who's the biggest fan, right? Like, and, but now let's look at it from the other. I said about the parents holding, holding you back, right? Like, or the parental fear, but there's also the fear from the children's perspective too. So as a mom and a grandma, I am also faced with is who I am and who I show up for and the videos and the teachings and the, and the things and the interviews that they're going to see for generations that are out there now of me, is this going to be accepted? Is this going to be okay with them? Is it going to be embarrassing or hurtful or harmful? Or are they going to be bullied or um, segregated because of it? And you know what? Every single time my answer is no, no, because each generation that's coming is coming more enlightened. It's, it's, gosh, just look at the children that are coming up right now. They are open, they are lit up, and they are in full expression of themselves. Where it becomes dangerous is where they don't fall into that light. They don't shine their light. And they've got all of these things because there is no support system. There is nothing available to them that they can feel like will help elevate them. And that's why these spiritual communities are so important because it doesn't matter if it's your parent or your child or your sibling or your best friend, you still can find family unity connection and collaboration and all the things that you need in any group, as long as you're like-minded. And I'm sure you can find the support because someone somewhere will have been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So I'm just so grateful, but at the same time, you got to know too what you want. And I'm going to end on that is you have to know what you want. It's all fine and great to say, reach for the stars. But if you don't know who you are as a person, because you've been so confused and you lack the clarity because you are listening to everybody's wants, desires, expectations for yourself, it can be so 
flipping confusing to even separate their stuff from your stuff. So something I did was I did that. I actually sat down and put a column to the right and a column to the left. And I said, this is my stuff. This is how I feel. This is what I want. This is what would make my heart sing. And this is the stuff that maybe I'm getting from society or education or blah, 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 blah. And then I looked at it deeply and I sat on it. I slept on it. I reviewed it again the next day and sometimes a couple days out, a week out. And if it kept showing up for me consistently, I knew it was mine. And then when I know it's mine, I can set the goals. I can take the action steps and then I can actually achieve. So, so if you're not sure where you're sitting with what stars you're actually trying to reach for, give yourself some space and allow that, that expansion of your essence, of your aura, of your awareness. So you can get to that moment where you know where you're going (laughs) and then you can reach for your stars. So if you want help with this or need some support or need a like-minded community, reach out to www.thepsychicassociates.com. Have a fantastic day.